take our seats in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Today we're going to continue with our message on victory when faith seems weak. Many times our faith would seem weak. I remember there was a lady who had trusted God with me for a breakthrough and trusted God. We prayed, we trusted God, she fasted, and we're very confident that God would do it. But lo and behold, it didn't work out. And the lady was so sad. Anytime we're having conventions, I always make sure I prayed for her. Then the next time we had conventions after the disappointment, she didn't want, it's like, this is a waste of time. There's no point in praying. So she would dodge and she would not even bother. She didn't feel like praying. A pastor's wife, she didn't feel like praying. She didn't feel like doing anything because her faith became weak. It, it's, or, or it seemed like it was weak. She, she lost hope. But our first, come on, let's pray. And they trusted God. She trusted God. She trusted God. And now God has given her more than she can carry. And I remember asking her, oh, you can put your hands together for the Lord. I remember asking her, if you had to do it all over again, because before I used to ask, tell her that, ah, don't you, can't you see the scripture in Second Corinthians chapter uh, 1? Verse 3, 4, which says that, Blessed be the God and Father of all comfort, who comforts us with the comfort wherewith we will also be able to comfort others. So I was telling her that, don't worry, what you are going through, God is going to use you to comfort others. I just want what I need now. What is all this? But I asked her when God had blessed her, if you had to do, you had to do it all over again, would you have wanted God to do it the times you were crying or this was the perfect timing? She said this was the perfect timing. So usually, you, know, you can put your hands together for the Lord. So usually, it would always look like whilst you are in the situation that this is the worst. Why isn't God hearing me? Why is God like that? But when everything works out, you see that it was the right timing. In his time, he makes all things beautiful in his time. So this is very, very important for us to see that sometimes our faith might seem weak. But even if your faith seems weak, you should always remember that there is victory at hand. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Joy will come. Joy will come in the morning. No matter what happens. So I want to encourage us to know that God is on our side. And if he is on our side, on our side what can go against us? So we began to talk about victory. Victory. Who oh, glory to God. When faith seems weak. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, and 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 3 are our key texts. Now, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. Oh, hallelujah. So, let's continue and then we'll talk about that. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that he may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins get about with truth. And having the, on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 3, or verse 1 to 4, the Bible makes it very clear that for though we walk in the flesh, okay, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia, grace be unto you, and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God, sorry, 2 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 3. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the, will of, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, let's continue, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. So this is clearly telling us something very, very important, which is that the only way to overcome the world is through faith. Faith is the engine or the, 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 the tool or the thing God gives us to overcome the world. We can only overcome the world through faith. Now, what is the world? The world is everything dark. The world is everything wrong. The world is everything we pray against. The world is everything we fight against. The world is poverty, sickness, disease, hopelessness, lack. Everything wrong is the world. Hallelujah. That is the world. That is the world. Hallelujah. So you and I, we need to overcome the world by faith. Because the world is dark. The world is trouble. The world is evil. The world, so, but many people don't understand that the world system is not what we are looking for. Hallelujah. We live in the world, but we are not of the world. James 4 says that friendship with the world is what enmity towards God. So the world is contrary to God. So we achieve the victory over the world through our faith. Now the Bible also says that we are in a war. And the war is not against human beings. The war is against evil entities and fallen angels and demonic entities and evil spirits that are moving around 
That is what the world is. And that is what we are fighting against. Can I have an amen? amen? So the Bible says we are wrestling against these things and the only way to overcome them is to put the whole armor of God on and to always pray with every kind of prayer. Then the Bible also talks about the fact that our weapons, even though we are living human lives, we don't fight a human battle. The battle is not against your mother. The battle is not against your father. The battle is not against your boss. Your battle is not against your pastor. Your battle is not against your uncle. Your battle is not against your auntie. Your battle is not against the, one who, the bank uh, loan officer. Your battle is against the demonic forces. So if you and I are able to overcome those demonic, demonic forces by the weapons God has given to us, they would surrender and fail. Hallelujah. So we began to talk about what, I mean, victory, when faith seems weak. My faith, I think most people's faith have felt weak or seemed weak before. But there is victory at hand. If you are here or you are watching and your faith seems weak, know that your redemption draweth nigh. Your victory is at hand. That the battle is not yours but God's. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. So we talked about different things. Now, the first important thing to know when faith is looking weak, when you feel that God is not able, is not willing to answer your prayers, and it's the time you feel that your faith is weak, what are you supposed to do? Number one, know where the opposition is coming from. The opposition is coming from demonic entities. That's why you have to fight the demonic entities by the war, the weapons God has given to us. You don't fight the person, you fight the spirit leading the person. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, NLT. Ephesians 2, verse 1 and 2. Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins. Think about that. God has saved us. You used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. There you go, that's a clue. So, Satan is the one who is working sometimes against us through the heart of those who refuse to obey God. Hallelujah. So persecution will come from unbelievers and persecution, unfortunately, will come from Christians who refuse to obey God. Hallelujah. So know where the opposition comes from. Know where it comes from. Very important to know where it comes from. Don't ever feel that the opposition is from a human being. Otherwise, you react to them. You will not walk in love towards them. You start to hate them. You start to talk back at them. You start to do evil against them, not knowing that the real enemy is the devil and he's lurking behind and laughing at us when we fight them with anger, when we fight them with a physical war. Why? Because anytime you are out of love, the devil has more access and more control or the devil has an upper hand. That's why Apostle Paul said, for we are not ignorant concerning his devices. Forgive the person. I know he's done much harm. Forgive the person. In fact, I am going to also forgive them in the stead of Christ. But I want you to forgive them. 
So Apostle Paul was saying that try to forgive that person who has committed that sin, who has been uh, ostracized. Uh, uh, let him come back in because he is sorrowful. We don't want him to be so sorrowful that he would eventually fall off. But I want to see if you would obey my instruction in terms of uh, forgiving him. Lest, 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Look at it in uh, uh, NLT. So that Satan will not outsmart us, for we, will, we are very familiar with his evil schemes. ESV. So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And finally, NASB. So that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So if you try to use physical war, you will be defeated. That's why it's very important to know that the opposition is coming from the devil. If you and I don't know that, we will use physical war and we will hate, we will have unforgiveness, we will be angry with people. And once we are angry with them and we are walking in unforgiveness and we are walking out of love, then the devil has an upper hand, like the Bible is saying. And he will therefore have an advantage over us. How many people have given Satan an advantage over them because they are not using the weapons of our warfare, which are mighty through God? Very important to realize that, that we need to know that the enemy is the devil. That's why Joseph... He didn't, he left his brothers and said that, look, what you meant for evil, God has turned it around for good. So it's important to walk in forgiveness. It's important to walk in the fact that the one who has messed up, the one who has hurt you, the one who has done all sorts of evil against you, that person or those people are, are, are just agents the devil is using. And the devil, once he finishes using the people, he would destroy them or punish them if they don't repent. That's why God said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Vengeance is mine. Revenge is mine. Not yours. Leave it to me because our vengeance will bring sin. But God's vengeance is perfect. I mean, look at someone who loved God more, I mean, who could love God more than David. And yet when God wanted to avenge Uriah, what he did to David. Hmm. Can't imagine. David took someone's wife, killed a man. Now, what was God's vengeance? His daughter was raped by his son, and the, 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 the child died. And then, so the child died, the daughter was raped by the son. The son died, Amnon. Then his wives were slept with in front of all Israel. Then Adonijah died. Absalom died. So this, the young uh, child, the first son of uh, 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 Bathsheba and David died. Amnon died. The daughter was raped. Adonijah died. Absalom died. And the concubines were taken over by his son. And his son 
was trying to kill him. All these things, imagine on exile, in exile, all these things happened because of what he did. Meanwhile, he was God's favorite. So vengeance, leave it to God. Leave vengeance. Because when God, whether God loves you, whether you are a man of God, man of God, when God is avenging, hmm, because there's no book about you like David saying that you are a man after God's own heart. I pray that we are working towards that. But so far, we don't see any book. So remember, remember where opposition is coming from. Number two, be sure that you are not walking in sin. First John chapter 1, let's start from 1 to 9. That which we have heard, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father. So when we are talking about the fellowship here, it's not talking about even fellowship with the brethren, but fellowship. The brethren who are already in sync and in fellowship have fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. God is light. God is light. He dwells in inapproachable light. And in him is no darkness at all. So there is no sin or evil in God at all. There's nothing like that. That's why in James, the Bible says, you can keep it here. The Bible says that no one can say when they are tempted that God tempted me. No. But everyone is tempted from their lust and their evil desires, which spring forth and then at the end it brings forth death. So God, there's no darkness in him. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness or sin, we lie. That's walking in, living in darkness. We are lying and do not the truth and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, if we walk in the light, if we walk in the word, as he is in the light or in the word, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ is son cleanseth us from all sin. So it means that there is nothing like, oh, I've made a mistake. I didn't know it. I died. I go to hell. Once you are walking in the light. Because it's very clear. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one, and one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins or forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we confess our sins, he forgives us and then he, he can forgive us, but that stain, that black stain of unrighteousness is still there. But he not only forgives us, but removes it. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Next verse. Yes, 2-1.
My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So, it, so, so this is not a license to sin. The Bible says we are, God is writing these things to us so that we do not sin. But if anyone sins, we have a lawyer. We have an advocate. We have a paraclete. The same word used for the Holy Spirit, the comforter. With the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So be sure that you are not walking in sin. And what are some of the sins? Fornication, adultery, murder, unforgiveness. And we read about the unforgiveness. We talked about the fact that unforgiveness, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Look at Mark eleven twenty two to 26. Then we shoot quickly. Mark eleven twenty two to 26. And Jesus answered, saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, think about these words, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. It means that anyone who says to a mountain, literal mountain, or mountain of circumstances, be removed and cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, it will obey you. Whatever you ask God for, believing you've received it, you will have it. These are definite words of guaranteed results. But look at verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought again. So end means that it's combining what is before the end and what is after the end. So verse 25 needs to be satisfied before you can be a person of faith. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26. But if he do not forgive, neither will your father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. I remember I was praying for someone who was on the deathbed with cancer and it had got into the brain. As I was praying for the person, because the person is a Christian, I'm sure in heaven, but as I was praying for the person for healing, I also asked, is there anybody you've not forgiven? Hallelujah. Very important. Number one, so that at least the person, God can heal the person and also so that they will be right with God before they leave. And the person left with, into glory. <laughs> yeah. With all the prayer. But I've also prayed for some people with cancer who were healed completely and are walking. The fact that I remember there was a man who I, I, I gave him some messages to listen to on faith. I prayed with him. I said, I'm look, I didn't say I'm God. I said, God is guaranteeing you healing. He showed me his, his pants. He was, a heavy, he was heavy set, but his pants, he, he, he had shrinked. Oh, he, had, he shrank. Hallelujah. And he, he was so sick and weakly. I told him that, don't worry, everything is covered. God has healed you. It's just done. So the wife thanked me. And I said, don't worry, the healing has come. Drank tea. The person died a few days after. That didn't deter me. Because so far as I'm concerned, God is the healer. 
that's why there are people in coma and all people were so many people have been healed. If you if there's someone sick and you tell me that can you go to the hospital, we'll go. If there's someone dead, we'll pray for the dead. I've tried to raise the dead twice. No problem. No problem. Faith. So far as I'm concerned, God raised the dead. God raises the dead. God heals every disease. Very important. The fact that it didn't happen does not mean that God doesn't heal. Maybe there were certain laws, or maybe I, I need, maybe it wasn't time, I, I don't know. But all I know is that God is the healer. That's why tumors have shrunk. There was someone who was, had cancer, deathbed, bed fast, you know, in a hospital, could not move, could not move. The nurses had come because it was time to die. The nurses were bowing their heads. When, yeah, when they bowed their heads, the nurses done. Time is done. They bowed their heads. And then the family members were crying. I went with uh, uh, two brethren, Jerry Lillian, and we went there and we prayed. But before we prayed, we sang. And the nurses were looking at us strange. Are you singing praises to God when someone is on the deathbed dying? We sang and prayed. We cast out the spirit of death. We prayed. And the person who had the tumors had metastasized on the deathbed started working, was out working later on. Hallelujah. Why? Because I didn't say that because it didn't happen this time, God is not the healer. God is the healer whether or not I receive my, heal, my results. God is the healer. God is the miracle working God. God is the great I am, whether or not it happens. So those who say, hey, the, if God is God, this will happen. It will not happen and God will still be God. Whether or not it happens, God is God. God is not God because you see he's God. He's the miracle working God. That's why David, I love that story of David. David, when he prayed, when God told him that his son firstborn son from Bathsheba would die. He fasted. He fasted. He prayed. He cried. He rolled on the floor. He did all those things. Then when the child died, he got up, washed his face, and started eating. And the people were surprised. They said, ah, but you were crying and on the floor. and all. How can you just get up and wash my face? I said, I tried my best to do it. It didn't work. I cleaned my face and move on. Because God is still the great. It doesn't change who God is. I said, it doesn't change who God is. That is the mystery of faith. What about those in the Bible, in Hebrews 11, who were sown asunder, who were destitute of food and daily living and died and were sown asunder? They were still heroes of faith. You have not walked in faith or have not walked in faith because... I, I, I can't say I didn't walk in faith because things didn't go well. John the Baptist died, but he was a man of faith. Peter died. His shadow was able to raise the dead. Or, or, or at least heal people. His shadow was able, his shadow, Peter's shadow, was able to heal people. As he's moving around, he doesn't even know that people are trying to get healed. People just cast the, people, the sick people by him, and his shadow is healing them. Paul, all these people, wild things. But they died early. You see how they were crucified. Peter was crucified. He said, no, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Please crucify me upside down. That's Peter. He was a man of faith. His shadow... And yet, you can put your hands together for the Lord. James killed with the sword. Paul beheaded because a Roman was not allowed to be crucified. But you will be killed in a, in a simpler way. Beheading, no pain. Because he was a Roman citizen. Hallelujah. 
All these things. So it's very, very important for us to understand that faith is mysterious. Doubt, we talked about doubt. When you doubt, it's not going to be easy. That's why Mark eleven twenty three says, and shall not doubt in his heart. Now look at James 1, 5 to 8. James 1, 5 to 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Are you hearing God's word? Okay. So, we also talked about the sin of omission and commission. James 4.17 James 4, 17, and Romans 14, 23. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it, doeth it not, to him it is sin. Later on, find out what it is there for. Therefore means that there is something before which the result is verse 17. Let's look at verse 15, but I'll let you read that later on. Verse 15, 16. Then, when last had conceived, so no one can say when they, in fact, let's, let's, this is a good one. Let's go to 12. Blessed is the man who, who endure, that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot tempt with evil, neither tempteth he any man. What I was saying earlier on. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. And enticed. Then when lust has, has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift f is from above. And cometh down from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness or immutable. He, he, he doesn't change, no variable. A variable, you have a constant and a variable in math. Constant is fixed. Variables change. There's no changing in God. Neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let him be swift to hear. Uh, did you get to 17? Go to, go to 16 and 17. Oh, seven, James, oh my gosh, James 4, <laughs> hallelujah, we're reading the wrong verse. Please pay attention, please. James 4, start from 14 to 17. Please pay attention. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boasting. All such rejoicing is evil. So talking about boasting. 
the next verse. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So, if you boast, it is not good. God doesn't like boasting. God doesn't like us to say that tomorrow I'll go here, tomorrow I'll do this. When you're at work, they say, yes, next year we are going to get this. You might die before then. Manager or whoever. So don't say next year I'll do this, we'll do that. All such things are evil. Therefore, so to that person and to everyone, the one who knows to do good and does not do it, to that person it is sin. So I can sin by doing the same thing someone does and that person has not sinned. Did you get that? Because we're not talking about right or wrong. Let's assume God wants me to do something. Or God wants me to evangelize. Or God wants me to, to start a church. Or God wants me to pastor. Or God wants me to give to someone. And there's another person who God maybe wanted, or the, the person didn't know that God wanted them to do it. Or God has not told them to do it. If they don't do it, for example, maybe Etta, maybe God might not have told her that she has to go to the nations. Just an example. To the nations. Or she has to go and preach, or she has to be an evangelist, or has to have crusades, or has to give to John X. But maybe God has told me. If she doesn't do all those things, she's not sinned. Once she's doing what she needs to do for God, whatever it is. But if I don't do it, I've sinned. Because I knew to do the good. But I didn't do the good, and therefore it is sin to me. But she didn't do those things, and she's not sinned because it was not the good she was supposed to know to do. If that makes sense. Or the English works. Hallelujah. <laughs> then Romans chapter 14. Please pay attention. Because I went on an excursion, but it was still a good one. Romans 14, 23. But let's start from 20. Always good to know the context. Otherwise, you just shoot to a, a tangent. Now, this is talking about meat. So, for meat, so what God was saying was that all things indeed are pure, but it is evil that for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Hath thou faith, have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now, the, 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 when you look, read the earlier text, it talks about the fact that some people say, don't eat meat. So even when I was saying that meat is not good, blah, 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 I was always cautious to bring this verse up so that I don't, um, I don't sin there. Because you can't just say, don't eat meat, even though we know what meat does. I think I preached some time in Cleveland about God. When, he, when man was living alive, when man was going to live forever, there was no meat. It was grass and things. There was no cutting off. There was no meat. But when Adam sinned and man had to die, then they brought meat in. But I, I preached that. <laughs> if you eat all the grass, everything, don't, there was, they were not killing, so meat was not existing when Adam and Eve did not sin. 
but that's another story. And uh, uh, sugar, the, there are verses about sugar that, uh, you know, yeah, I, 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 I'll get those verses. Hallelujah. That's why sugar, high fructose corn syrup is, it, 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 sugar feeds cancer cells. It, it thrives, cancer, cancer cells thrive on sugar. Hallelujah. But this verse is talking about people who were eating meat, but sometimes the meat they were eating were, were sacrificed to idols. And God was saying that there are no idols, all idols are dead. So we all know that there's only one God. So if there's meat sacrificed to idols, just thank God, pray, eat it, and be blessed. But if your brother or sister in church sees that you are eating in a temple, even though you know that there's nothing to eat because there's only one God and all those things are idols and you thank God, you bless God and you bless the food, you are good. But don't let what your brother sees cause uh, 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 him to sin because they see you eating in the temple. And if you feel that meat is not good, don't eat it. Don't be doubting. Don't be double-minded about it. Just eat in faith. Otherwise, don't eat. So he was explaining all that stuff. Then he said that for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So it means that when we are eating, should I eat? Should I not eat? What should I do? Should I do? Then we are falling into sin because we are doubting and we are not walking in faith. So let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. If you've made a decision, decide on it. From time to time, people will come to try to cause you to start to be double-minded. But you need to refuse it. Refuse it. If you know that God has said do something, don't allow anyone to make you double-minded. Very, very important. Because anything that is not of faith is sin. So we are to judge ourselves so that we will not be judged. Make sure that our hearts do not condemn us. 1 John 3, 21. 1 John chapter 3, verse 21. Let's start from 19. But this is a very powerful thing. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Our heart and knoweth all things. If your heart is condemning you, you are feeling guilty, you are feeling doubtful, you are feeling condemned, remember that God is greater than our hearts. He's greater than our hearts and he knows all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, so you felt condemned, God is greater than your heart, knows all things, and therefore you are no more condemned. You are no more condemned. You, 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 you no more feel guilty. Now, because your heart does not condemn you, you now have confidence toward God. Because confidence towards God is when you don't, your heart does not condemn you. Adam and Eve, after they sinned, they didn't have confidence towards God. That's why they hate themselves. Before the sin, they were confident towards God and were able to meet him. God was able to meet them in the cool of the day. But when Adam sinned and Eve sinned, you realize that well, Eve was deceived. Adam sinned, but they both sinned. But Eve was deceived by the serpent. And Eve persuaded Adam and he sinned. God gave Adam the instruction, and Adam talked to Eve about it. Hallelujah. But when your, your heart does they hid themselves because they were ashamed and they were naked. 
And then God said, who told you you're naked? Beloved, if your heart does not condemn you, then have we confidence toward God. Verse 22, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So there you go. When faith seems weak, make sure that you are keeping his commandment and doing the things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, what is his commandment? And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. We'll, talk, we'll have a series on the name of Jesus that, later on. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. There you go. The, the law of love, which we'll talk about next. Hallelujah. The law of love. So God is saying that anything you ask him, you receive of him. This is very important. Answered prayer can be yes, no. That's an answer. But whatever you ask, you receive of him. Whatever you ask, you receive of him. Meaning that I want a car. I have the car. I received the car. Oh, glory to God. I want a house. I have received the house. Paid for no mortgage, we are talking about. Received it. Because he, we receive of him whatever we ask. That's critical. So, I mean, when faith seems weak and you are walking in love and believe in the name of Jesus Christ, automatically your faith will be strong because Jesus Christ, God will not go against his word. Look, look at how definite this is. And uh, uh, verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Wow. You can't get anything more definite than this. It means that it's something similar to me telling Phoebe, whatever you ask me, I'll give to you. Under two conditions. Once you satisfy those two conditions, you are guaranteed results. What are the two conditions? And here are conditions. Do your chores and you'll be guaranteed. And you are, you've done your chores and you are guaranteed. That's why I've told you it's the same thing. You do your chores, you are guaranteed some cash. In the same way, but if you don't do your chores, there was a week she got nothing. Because she played around with it. In the same way, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing inside. Let's look at what the commandments are. Like we said, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. There's a difference between believing in Jesus and believing in his name. Who glory to God. There's a difference between believing in Jesus and believing in his name. Which we'll talk about later on. And love one another as he gave us commandment. Two things to consider. Two things for answered prayer. This is his commandment. So it's interesting. The so, the, so, so, look, it is very important. The commandment is to believe in his name. Number one. Number two, to love one another. Not just to love but to believe in his name. It's a commandment to believe in the name of Jesus. Did you get that? Yeah. Hebrews 12.1 Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, I'm, I'm sure the cloud of witnesses are the heroes of faith, the people who have died in the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, watching down our grand hope, parents, or whatever, 
who are in the Lord. It's not just every grandparent. In the Lord. <laughs> Wherefore, seeing we are also, we also are compassed with about, so let's start again. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Continue. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 1. So, two things. Let us lay aside every weight. Number two, and the sin which that so easily beset us. What is a weight? A weight is not a sin, but it can lead to a sin. Remember Hebrews 12.1. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6.14. Hope I got that. 1 Corinthians 6.14. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Okay, let me get it. First Corinthians six twelve. <laughs> Missed it by two. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient or helpful. All things are lawful unto me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Very important. So what God is saying is that all things, but the word all things are things that are not sin. So, removing sin from the equation, all other things are lawful unto me, meaning that I can do it and I've not sinned. But all things are not helpful. All things are not expedient unto me. The all things, not everything that is not sin is helpful. It can be weight. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So, there are certain addictions or certain things we do, worry, it's not, it's not like sinful in a certain way, but it is not helpful. TikTok, who is not a sin, but it is not expedient when I need to study for exams, when I need to read the Bible, when I need to pray. It's not helpful. Instagram, you see, I have all those things. I even TikTok, I have all those things. I, I got TikTok and uh, Snapchat because of my kids. They are older now. We now have another one, so I will have it. When, but it's a thing now. So I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying that is, does it have a power over you? Does, does it have power over you? Has it mastered you or have you mastered it? Snapchat is not a sin, but it is not helpful. I, I'll explain it. It doesn't mean don't have it. It means, does it, if it has a power over you, it's not helpful. Facebook, YouTube. Many people have failed exams because of this. Many people have not had their quiet time because of this. Many people have not prayed to God because of this. So it is not a sin, but it is not helpful. And make sure that anything 
or everything does not bring you under its power. Only God should be able to do that. Hallelujah. Very, very important. So, these are weeds that weigh you down. Pilgrim's Progress. I heard about it. I've, I've watched, the, the, there's a movie on its YouTube. It's a good thing to watch. It shows the path to heaven and it shows how the devil can just give you a slight way to de deviate you. And sometimes God will give you one instruction, but he'll give you a second instruction after you fulfilled it. But if you're not careful, you continue on that path. The disciples who were sent first time don't take anything with you. I mean, eat everything. The first time he said, don't take food, don't take this, don't take that, you'll be provided for. The second missionary journey, he said, take them. If you follow just the first one and ignore the second, you can get into trouble. Hallelujah. All things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. ESV says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Because some people can be dominated by, oh, I know. That's why I usually don't like watching TV series, especially the long ones. Hey, I watched recently that, uh, what's the name of the lady? Queen of the South. I watched it for a long time. Wow. My daughter was quarreling with me because she will watch it with me and she'll go and sleep and I'll continue. <coughs> it can be, it, it, those things can easily dominate you. If you want to do that, make sure you've had your prayer, your quiet time, and then you can watch what you want to watch. Oh, am I preaching to somebody? Hebrews 12, 1. The second thing that we must be careful of is the sin that so easily besets us. There are certain sins that are easy to affect certain people. Let me say that again. For example, someone can have unforgiveness. Easy for you to have unforgiveness. It's a sin that easily begets you. You must lay aside every weight and lay aside the sin which easily gets you. Because we are running a race. And a weight and a sin will prevent you from running. It will slow you down and prevent you from running the race. So unforgiveness, some people rage or wrath is a work of the flesh and it can prevent you. So lay aside the sin also. That easily begets you. Some people, I have to have sex with multiple people. Hallelujah. Oh, when I was in the world, there are some ladies who go to a nightclub just to catch a man, take a man. Hey! It's like I've gone there to look for a man to bring home. That, that. So I, I've got two, three girls who go for that. I was in Ghana with my father, mother. Uh, my, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, my father, mother. What, what was that? No. It's another time. I, I think I was in Ghana. Uh, no, I'll tell the story another time. It was a very wild one. But it was another time. You see, some people go 
some people go out for particular reasons. I've gone out because I want I, I want to live here with a man. As for men, we know they do it, so I, I won't mention that. That's common in people's ministry. When I was living in the world, I did that. Thank God for delivering me from those things. So, what is the weight? What is the sin? Some people, the sin is doubt. You are always doubting. Some people, the sin is cursing. Who? Once in a while, then you throw the word in. F. Throw the word in. S. Even if you, there was somebody who I, 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 I was in Minneapolis, since then, I vet people. I said, okay, testimony time. The person was giving a testimony and then was describing or, or repeating something someone said. And then you spelled, mentioned the F word, mentioned it on, in church. Not as, she wasn't mentioning it for herself. It's like I'm giving an example. Oh, do you know what he said? No. Can't you even see that? I'm not even spelling the word. I'm saying the F word. Why do you spell it out? That's sin. And the person sinned in church without realizing it. <laughs> what is the sin? When I was in the world and I, 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 and you are angry, you want to use the F and S word to calm you down. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. In the world, you are angry. Then you, oh. One time my boss he was holding some papers. We had printed some stuff out and he stapled, you staple it so that we can read it and review it. As he stapled it, stapled it, it didn't go well. So he was removing it and it pricked him. And he used the word. Hallelujah. So what is the sin that so easily gets you? Some people it's it, it, it's pride. Small time you feel proud. Easily. And it's, so, it's amazing because pastors are supposed to be like Jesus. And there is nothing in Jesus with pride. But yet you see many pastors and people who have done well proud. If somebody in the world is proud because of an achievement, it makes sense even though, I mean, they are in the world. But when someone is in Christ and they are proud, it doesn't make sense because the nature of Christ is not in pride. It's humility and pride is of the devil. So, so, so that is a very strong spirit that can easily affect Christians or people in leadership. But that is a big sin. In fact, that's the first original sin. That's why God opposes the proud. I mean that when you are proud, God will fight you himself. So, hey, mama, oil falling under the power, shaking, rolling, all those things, no results because it's God who is fighting you. You are praying to the one who is fighting you. The only way to survive it is to become humble and submit yourself to God. Then he will stop opposing you. 1 Peter 5 8. Wow, time is up. 1 Peter 5 8. 5, 6. 5, 5. I want to start from the beginning. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves <clears throat> unto the elder. Ye all, yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud. 
and giveth grace unto the humble or to the humble. Next verse. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Now, I want to show you something very interesting. Go to James. Is it 4, 7? Go to James 4, 7. You see that that same word is also repeated in James. Go to uh, James 4, 6. Now, this is very interesting. How can it be that God will write the exact same thing in two separate letters or epistles? Except it is very important. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, pride could be a sin that so easily begets you. As soon as you get a victory, then you become proud. As soon as anything happens, something small happens, you get a, a, a commendation then pride comes. Very important to be careful of it. Hallelujah. What do you think? So these are very, very important. Faith can be rebuilt. Sometimes you might think your faith is weak, but your faith is not weak. You can have faith in the heart but doubt in the mind. When Jesus was asleep in the pillow or sleep on the pillow, he said it was on the pillow and he was on the boat in the boat and his disciples with him and the rain or the, the strong wind began to blow and the water started to fill the boat. They began to sink but Jesus was fast asleep. And his disciples went to him and said, Master, do you not care that we perish? I have said that to God. God, don't you care that this is happening to me? I have even said to God, God, look at me. I'm serving you, crying, crying to him. I'm serving you. Other people are not serving you and they have not experienced this thing I'm experiencing. Why? Do you not care that we perish? Hey, I was crying. Do you not care that we perish? Some people, it could be something that they are, they are going down. They are going down. They are going down. And they are asking, why, God? Can't you just do it? It's so easy for you. There are other times you hear of someone's story. I remember I was so troubled. I heard of a woman who had cancer and was trusting God. And she said, no chemotherapy because God is going to heal me until she kept on deteriorating and then died. And my mind, I'm like, ah, God, why? The woman trusted you. How could you let that happen to her? Why? But the God we serve is faithful. The God we serve is faithful. So there are times that we might be wondering, God, what is going on? Where are you in all this? But God is great and his ways are so high compared to our ways. His thoughts are so high compared to our thoughts that it is only in the, uh, later on that we would see. God said, do not judge before the time. But God, when he's disclosed everything to us, we will just be in awe and give praise to God. So there are things that you and I will not understand. 
Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that well, the secret things belong to the Lord. And the things that have been revealed unto us have been revealed unto us and to our children. That's the Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So there are secret things that you and I will not understand that we just have to put down in our hearts and wait till we meet him to ask him. Hallelujah. And he will disclose all things to us. So it means that even the person that died, we will give glory to God when we understand it. Even the person who had died who is a Christian, when he meets God or she meets God and God tells them the reason, they would worship God right there and say, thank you, God. Because death is not the cessation of life or the end of life. It's just a transition. How precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his sins, even though we are going to live long. Amen. Hallelujah. Very important to know. God forbid, but if I die tomorrow, because you hear people say this is not happening anytime soon in Jesus' name. But just an example, if I die tomorrow, it means that when I go to heaven, I'll clap for God because of the, the, the maneuvering and the wisdom. But we know that we are going to clap on earth here because we are not going anytime soon. <laughs> I'm not out of word. <laughs> I'm just out of time. Shall we stand to our feet? <laughs> Amen. Jesus, let's ask him to fill our hearts with faith. As a born-again Christian, you cannot pray for faith. Let me say this before we continue. As a born-again Christian, it will be wasted effort to pray, oh God, please give me faith to be healed. You've wasted effort. Because the measure of faith, so far as you are born-again Christian, the measure of faith has been given to you for healing. The measure of faith has been given to you for life. So none of us as Christians should pray, God, give me faith to be healed or give me faith for the breakthrough or give me faith. Faith has been allotted to every Christian. Romans 12, 3. <clears throat> you can pray that God will increase your faith. That's what we, should, we are going to pray. But don't pray for faith. unless you're, If you are, you are not a Christian, then you should pray for faith. If you are here or watching, then pray for faith. But that faith is given to you already to be saved. It's a free gift. You don't even need to pray for it. It's a free gift. For I say through the grace given unto me, that's Romans 12, 3, to every man that is among you, at, to, Paul was writing to the church in, at Rome and saying that I, I, Paul, by the Holy Ghost, say to, uh, uh, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you in the church in Rome, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For we are saved by faith, by, by, by grace, through faith. It is not of works. So don't, if you are a born again Christian, don't pray, God, give me faith to be healed or give me faith for a breakthrough. Have you received that breakthrough for that prayer? Then maybe it's God's mercy. But you have to ask God to increase your faith. A born-again Christian has the faith already. The faith has been allotted. Look at this in NLT. The faith has been given already. Very important. 
as God's messenger, I give each of you this warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. So God has given us the faith as Christians. Of course, there's special faith for raising the dead and different things. Hallelujah. So let's pray that God increase our faith. If you are not a Christian, pray that God helps you and saves you. God, increase our faith. God, increase my faith. God, increase our faith, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Increase my faith, oh God. Increase our faith. We want to grow in you. We want to walk in love. We want to grow in your word, oh God. Give us the grace to lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the faith you have dealt or allotted to each and every one of us. The measure of faith you have given. Lord, increase our faith. Lord, Cause us to trust and depend on you. To know that all things work together for good. For our good. Because we love you. Because we are the called according to your purpose. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus name. Amen. Whilst we are standing praying. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. As your Lord and Savior. If you know in your heart. That you don't know Jesus Christ. If you know in your heart that if you die today, you do not know whether you would go to heaven or hell. If you want Jesus Christ to, to save you, you want to be washed with the blood of Jesus, you know you are far from God and you need salvation, then I want you to raise your hands where you are. You now raise your hands uh, watching and let's all repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for our sins. I believe that his blood was shed for our sins. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today I belong to Jesus Christ. From today I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 We may take our seats. Let's take out a good offering. Let's pay our tithe. If you have your tithe, first and best, give to the Lord. Once I'm paying my tithe, if I lose some money from, through some medical bill or some unnecessary thing, I ask God, God, what happened? You promised to rebuke the devourer. Where is the money? 
Because God told us to do that. He said, prove me now. Prove me. Go to Malachi 3.8. Prove me. King James. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have ye robbed me? Thee. In tithes and wherewith, with, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye robbed me. Ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now. That's, there you go. This is what I was looking for. And prove me now herewith. Seeth the Lord of hosts. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. So you can prove God. God, what happened? If I will not open the windows of heaven, so if the windows of heaven are not open unto you, and I'll pour out a blessing so that you receive. So the windows of heaven and the blessing must be poured out. Otherwise, you have the right to ask God that there shall not be enough room to receive it. Next verse. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. So it's very important. Meaning that you will not have crop that doesn't finish growing and then withers. You, the devourer or the spoiler of goods and money will be rebuked, will be prevented from affecting you and will not destroy your money, will not destroy your goods. Hallelujah. That is what will happen. So if your goods are being destroyed, you have a right to say, God, what happened? God, what happened? That $2,000 that just went to these people, where, what, what happened? God, if you have, so you have to ask, if I'm paying tithe, where, what happened? Then God might say, don't worry, here's 5,000. Oh, glory. Here's 5,000. So it was just to give you more. Am I preaching to somebody? So let's pay our tithe. Let's pay our tithe. If you have your tithe, first and best, you can raise it and we'll pray. Father God, bless our tithe. Honor our tithe, O oh God. May we flourish. May we be blessed because you've emptied out the windows of heaven. May we be blessed because you have rebuked the devourer for our sakes and therefore our finances are stable and are not being depleted but are growing. The devourer has been rebuked and we will not cast our vine or our vine will not be cast before the time. Thank you, O oh God, for honoring us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, your offering is also very important. Offering, many Christians are used to giving $1, $5. But remember that Jesus was sitting in front of the treasury or by the treasury watching the people give. So Jesus was able to see how people give of their wealth and how a widow gave uh, the widow's might. And Jesus said the widow has given more than everyone. So it's very important to remember that it is not what you give that matters, but it's the heart you give. And giving to God 
with meaning. Giving to him with meaning. It's like I'm giving to the Lord God, the creator of the universe, the one who's who 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 has my breath in him, or the one who keeps me alive. So I'm giving to him in reverence. Even if you are giving five dollars, you are giving it to him in reverence. Even if you are giving a dollar, you are giving it to him in reverence. Even if you are giving ten dollars, but when give to him because he is mighty and he is weighty. God will bless you. So let's give with purpose. Father God, bless our giving, bless our offering. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we pray over the offering? Father God, thank you for the opportunity to give, to support your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we lift our hands and just pray for a blessing? Father God, we bless you. May you bless each and every one of us. May the Lord bless you all and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you peace. May God's blessings, may God's favor, may God's riches, which, maketh no, which giveth no sorrows, but maketh rich, may it be our portion. May his riches that are blessings, may it be our portion. May you be blessed in everything you do. May we be blessed as we go home. May we be blessed as we go out. May we be blessed at work. May we be blessed in the field. May we be blessed in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all, the online viewers. Until next time, shalom, shalom, amen.